Welcome to this week's episode of Stand Out, how to grow your organizational and productivity practice, brought to you by NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. With every episode, we're going to learn from subject matter experts who can help you build your business in areas like marketing, HR, and finance. We'll also introduce you to business owners who are out there just like you are, and we'll learn from their successes and challenges. Please welcome your host, professional organizer, Sarah Karakayan. Welcome to Stand Out, the podcast all about growing your organizing and productivity business. I'm Sarah Karakayan, professional organizer and your host. If you've either been a fan or member of NAPO for some time now, you know that it recently changed its name. And for those of you that don't know, no worries. NAPO used to stand for the National Association of Professional Organizers. But as NAPO's membership grew, so did the need to change its name. Many of NAPO members felt they were so much more than professional organizers, or that that wasn't quite a right fit. They were also productivity specialists and consultants. So NAPO changed its name to the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. On today's show, I have a shining example of a NAPO member who wanted to give the productivity side of organizing more credit and recognition. And I'm excited to dig in with her on what it means to be a productivity consultant and how organizers can offer productivity services and not only expand their offerings, but also expand their bank accounts. Jan Lehman is an executive coach, productivity expert, and speaker. She is also a self-proclaimed process geek and an IT translator. Jan is an executive coach, productivity consultant, speaker, and is owner of CTC, a Twin Cities-based women-owned and operated business. With over 20 years of corporate consulting experience, Jan is not just an expert in the field of productivity. She personally understands the unique challenges of leading a busy professional life. With three young children and a company to run, Jan fully understands the importance of maintaining a work-life balance. She earned a business degree in operations and systems management with a minor in psychology from Indiana University Kelly School of Business. CTC is the perfect forum for her to blend her people skills and productivity expertise. Prior to launching her business, Jan worked for a number of Fortune 100 companies. And she uh, helps clients all over the country. She is currently the vice president of NAPO, the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals, Minnesota chapter. Jan was recently named 2018 Women Who Lead Minnesota Business Magazine honoree. Jan, I am so thrilled to have you on today's show. Welcome. <laughs> nice intro, Sarah. <laughs> I was like, I didn't want to leave anything out. I kept saying, uh, yeah, apparently. This intro awesome. was long, but it's all impressive, but it just, I think listeners love to hear how organizers and productivity consultants go from point A to sometimes point Z and how they got there. So many of our listeners are at different spots in their career, their first, second, third. So can Mm -hmm. you take us back to just before you started CTC, what made you leave corporate America for an entrepreneurial life? Sure. Well, I probably, like a lot of people, um, was fortunate that I could quit my corporate job when I was having my children. So I took about a five-year hiatus. And then when it was time to come back, 
um, I was really looking for flexibility. I loved my corporate role. I was very lucky there and enjoyed it. Um, but I wanted flexibility as the kids were sort of slowly moving into school. And I actually, I don't know if you know this part, Sarah, but I started a home organizing business to start. Ah. And it was called Pan and Butter because it was super easy. Those were the people I was hanging out with were moms and they would be asking me for help with organizing their homes. And so that was the easy way to naturally start the business. I always knew it would progress back under the business side because that was all my, my history, my education and all that. But it was super easy to start the business um, on the home side. And so originally it was Can the Clutter. It has now evolved to CTC Productivity. The CTC at first was really, you know, just Can the Clutter shortened. Um, but in reality, what we were now marketing is the CTC really stands for Circle the Customer because we provide home organizing and productivity consultants to our ideal customer, which are busy professionals who often are stressed out before they even get to work. <laughs> so it's really assisting them with organization and efficiency in all aspects of their life. So I love how you said starting it was easy because you started out in the home space and you were hanging around busy mothers, but a lot of people find that part hard. Why was it easy for you? Was it because you came from corporate America and you had those, you were a process geek already. So like you knew how to get it off the ground or do you think you were lucky because you knew your client before you even started the business? Why was it so easy for you? Well, I think, I think for most people that are naturally skilled at organizing, which is going to be anybody that comes into this profession, um, it's just so easy for us to, um, I don't know, give suggestions to friends and people to see our skill set. Um, I will tell you, I was never good at marketing. And to this day, I'm still not very good at marketing. So um, I would have done much better had I known now more about marketing way back when. So it started slowly. I definitely was charging a lower rate than I should. I didn't understand the value to individuals, et cetera. Um, but yeah, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an extrovert. So it was easy for me to network and I also see opportunities fairly easily. So um, it was easy for me to spot. And I had a fellow NAPO um, member that um, I met through my sister-in-law and she recommended I join NAPO. And from there, it, great guidance on how to get the business started and what I needed to do. And I quickly started having employees as well. And was that because you came from corporate America where you always had uh, uh, co-workers and you always were kind of working on a team or why was that a natural progression for you to have employees? It's probably twofold. Yes, I was, I definitely had employees and I love coaching and developing. So it was comfortable for me. It was something I wanted. Um, but in addition, I also, um, I just saw the opportunity. So as I started bringing on home organizing clients and I saw there was a need for bigger things for small businesses, I quickly wanted to get somebody in to work with the home organizing clients, not lose that revenue, but then focus on the business side. So because there's a, there's a higher ROI for a business. You know, if you can save them an hour of time versus maybe somebody in their home, they're going to pay a higher rate for it because the return's so much higher. So I, I saw the opportunity. I want to dig into that whole aspect of it a little later on in the episode, but because um, that's super interesting. And I think a lot of listeners who might be in the home organizing space already and feeling like they want another challenge, that might be a natural mm -hmm. place to go to next. But I also want to point out the fact how you said you you notice opportunities and right there, you solved your problem where you were like, well, if I'm going to leave this home organizing space, I can get someone else to continue with those clients. Well, I work on building this aspect of it. How 
How was that to find someone who maybe didn't want to start their own business? They still wanted to organize. Um, was that pretty easy for you to find that person? And did you go through a few people before you found the right one? Well, again, again, this is sort of funny. I have never put out an ad to recruit somebody. So people have always found me for every employee. Um, people have found me again, not to say that's the right way to do it, but, um, so what happened, my first employee came from, I did a presentation at a Chamber of Commerce event and a husband came up to me and he's like, are you hiring? Because my wife is a phenomenal organizer and she would be great. And she was, she was fabulous. And it was the perfect job for her. It provided flexibility. She could work when the kids were in school. She also became my blog writer because I also look for what other talents my team have and I make sure they're filling those spots on the team. As much as I can delegate down to my team, I do. And so she was a great blog writer. So I had her start doing that. So again, it freed me up for marketing and, and working with business clients. Wow. That, that's impressive. A lot of people view that as a roadblock because they've never done it before. But I love that mentality of like, I just had a problem to solve. So I solved it. Um, <laughs> sometimes I feel we, we complicate business more than it needs to be. Would you agree that it's really just providing a service? And when there's a problem at hand, who's the right person that can take care of it? while you either grow, expand, or, or take play or take, um, something that's, uh, maybe I don't want to say broken, but that's just not working in your business. So you can focus on, on smoothing that out. Um, do you get, have any tips for our listeners who might feel like these roadblocks are just too much to handle and that just stops them in their tracks and they don't know how to move forward? Like, is there anything, maybe you're, your clients, I know you work with a lot of business owners where they feel like they're so stuck, whether it's a productivity aspect or it's an employee, what's your go-to tip for just getting over that little hump so you can move forward like you did? Yeah. So Sarah, I want to comment on something you said right at the beginning, something about that oh, maybe it's as easy as mm-hmm. this. One of the things I've learned as I've you know been in this productivity consulting arena is not everybody is a good problem solver mm. and productivity consultants are very good problem solvers. Mm. So I think I was well positioned to do that because one, because I came from corporate and I had, you know, I understood the team structure and that, but that's really what a productivity consultant is, is figuring out what the dysfunction is at a company. And that can be your internal company. It can be one of your client companies, but something is not working. And often the clients will come to us and they have no clue what's wrong. There's just dysfunction, waste, whatever. So the first thing we have to do is ask a lot of questions, figure out what the problem is, and then we can jump into fix it mode. So um, I think productivity consultants are uniquely qualified to run their own business because they want to eliminate waste. They can problem solve. They see where processes will make a difference. And again, it helps us with our clients as well. So do you think that's the big difference between being, it was one I want to questions for you is what is the core difference between being a professional organizer and being a productivity consultant specialist? So they're based on the same foundation. So it's all, for the most part, a lot of it is based on organizing principles. So the more organized you are, the more efficient you will be. Um, In the home organizing realm, it typically is tangible organization, organizing your rooms, things like that. When you step into the business side, it's often intangible or digital organization. So it's helping people organize their time, organize their to-do list, their priorities, organize their workflow, organize their team. So it's still organization-based, but it's it's applying those principles that can have a much bigger impact, if that makes sense. 
is this something that we can learn how to do if we don't come from corporate America or don't or didn't work for someone in this space? Can professional organizer learn how to be a productivity consultant? It's part of what I'm trying to figure out because I'm growing my team and I'm very blessed right now with too much work. And so I'm looking to try and develop some of my home organizers to be productivity consultants. And, and I'm also thinking about what's the job description for hiring a productivity consultant. And I'm, I'm trying to figure that out because I, I do feel there's a huge advantage if you come from a corporate environment or you come from a coaching environment uh, or change management or some of those bigger things because you need to be able to walk the talk of your clients and you need to have a baseline understanding of how their business probably runs before you can come in and um, solve problems. If a home organizer maybe doesn't have that history, I'm not sure they would know this, the pivotal questions to ask. And so, yeah, to answer, I'm not sure. Mm. I know a lot of the productivity consultants that I, that I envy and have a lot of respect for tend to come, have come from corporate or have some sort of business background, whether in, it could have been an administrative role in a business, but they still were in an environment where they saw how corporations run. And again, that might just be my view on the, on the uh, topic. No, which is an educated view. Uh, is there any sort of certification for being a productivity consultant? No, I wish there was. So people ask me all the time, are you, um, you going to be certified to be a professional organizer? And my answer is I will be when it's a productivity consultant certification. I don't view myself as a professional organizer, even though, again, that is the foundation and the principles. But my clients, um, that does not impress them uh, or get them to understand what I do when I say I'm a professional organizer. Again, just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually considered leaving NAPO because I really wanted to find a place with my peeps. I wanted to find a certification program. And really, I kind of came up not finding anything. And I was thrilled that NAPO decided to expand and really focus as much on productivity as organizing. And I'm hoping they will create a certification program on that side. And so you were involved with NAPO before they added the productivity to the title, correct? Yes. So do you know anything about the whole change into adding the word productivity? Were you part of that process? Were you part of that voice that spoke up and said, we'd like to add this to um, the brand of NAPO? Yeah. So NAPO tried to do it a few years back and I wasn't as actively involved then, but I, from what I understood, they maybe tried to push it too fast without soliciting a lot of input from the members. So they did a fabulous job this last go around. Some people might say they went overboard because there were a lot of like getting input and all that. Um, but, but it was great because any good change management process allows members to voice their concerns and be heard and then they'll adopt. And, um, and so, yeah, I was actively involved in that conversation. And what was interesting is people were just, I feel like we were hung up on the word, what's productivity and what's business organizing and, um, I, everybody just defines it differently. But I mean, at the end of the day, what we're doing is providing organizational skills to drive productivity at home and at work. I mean, it's about using your time wisely, no matter what you're doing. And um, so, yeah, it was a long discussion. Um, and I lead, um, I co-lead the, um, what used to be the small business organizing SIG. And we wanted to change our name for the very same reason. So once NAPO changed, 
the, um, the name of the organization, we went forward and took a vote for our members and we wanted to change it to the productivity SIG, but again, we got resistance and we ended up having to name it the business organizing and productivity SIG because people weren't quite ready to jump. I will say though, we now casually call it the productivity SIG because it's too long of a name and that's, that's really what it is in, um, at the end of the day. Change is hard sometimes. I think that's what it comes yes. down to. So you yeah. said SIG, but a lot of our listeners may not know what that means. What is a SIG? Oh my gosh, the SIGs, they're special interest groups. And that is one of the best things about NAPO. I am actually a SIG hoarder. Um, most people are in one or two SIGs. I'm in four because um, I just get so much value from them. So again, I'm the co-lead um, for the productivity SIG. I'm in the multi-person SIG. I'm in the speaking for fees SIG. And I'm in the technology SIG. And so what a SIG is, is I think the SIGs evolved because you know, the association needs to provide value to all its members. And, and so they realized that they need to put kind of like-minded, more veteran organizers and productivity consultants together um, so that they could learn at a higher level and not always be in these more lower level conversations about how do you start your business? And, you know, and so they created SIGs and they are amazing. It is a, it is a, fabulous group of people that are so unbelievably smart and they are happy to share advice. Mm -hmm. And so I'm constantly like I have employees. So just the other day I posted a question to the multi-person say, what do you do for this? Got a ton of really, you know, selfless, wonderful sharing answers that's going to help me immensely. So I don't have to start research from scratch. And yeah, so the, the SIGs are really, and for some reason, not everybody in NAPO knows about them or takes advantage of them. And I don't understand because they're included in your membership. Wow. So you can access, I mean, how many people are in a SIG at any one time? You know, there's about, for a lot of the SIGs, there's probably about 50 people and there's about probably 10 to 20 who are really active. Um, and that's fine because the, the calls are really good. The conversations are really good. And um yeah, it's again, it's my peeps. They are my peeps at Naples. Yes. And is it like are there monthly meetings? And if there are, what are they like? Or is it just an online forum where you can ask questions and, and receive feedback? Mm -hmm. It's a monthly meeting and it's um, historically it was just audio, but now we've introduced video screen sharing. So it can be much more a richer conversation with demonstrations. Mm -hmm. And then you do have the online, it's called points. It's our online sort of uh, community where you can ask questions. Um, I'm actually for our SIG, the productivity SIG, I'm in charge of the topics, which I love because anytime I spot like a potential trend in the industry, or we'll try to find a speaker to come in and talk to us. And um, I really enjoyed it. So this month we're actually doing it on PDF modification tools because that's a big trend where people are moving, you know, have moved away or are still moving away from paper, but they still need to be able to modify a document. And so when things come in a PDF form, how can you modify it so you don't have to print it, sign it, et cetera. So that would be an example of a topic we focus on in the productivity space. This is all remote. So there are productivity consultants from all over who belong to NAPO. Yeah. We're actually international because we have, we now have an, a couple Canadian um, people in our productivity SIG. So we can say we're an international SIG wow. <laughs> And which yeah. there's so much value there because I know I, so I just moved from New York city to Columbus, Ohio and getting involved with the local chapter here, just how different things are done and it's not bad or good. It's just very different. So I'm sure you can learn from each other what maybe what's trending in Canada for productivity might not yet be here in the States or, or I don't know, like there's just, there's gotta be a really cool diversity to have international members. 
Well, it is. I mean, my, one of my personal goals this year is to become an international speaker. And I live in Minnesota. So actually going to Canada is way closer than going to Florida. Right. So it shouldn't be hard. But if and when I get that, I will absolutely be talking to my Speaking for Fees um, SIG members about, you know, international presentations and the culture, you know, making sure I, I really understand the audience. So that'll be a huge value to me. Right. You want to be able to connect with your audience and what better way than to have one or two of those people who understand what you do and understand the culture of where you want to go and connect those two dots. Okay. Yeah. So Jan, I'm, we're going to take a really quick break. We've got a message from Napa, but when we come back, you guys, I want to talk about money with Jan. So stay <laughs> tuned. The Acceleration Learning Series offered by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals includes Ask the Organizer Panels, Business Building Block Sessions, and Connecting with Corporate Partner Presentations. These one-hour conference calls are only available to NAPO members. Visit NAPO.net to learn more about membership and our Acceleration Learning Series. All right, we are back. We've got Jan, a productivity specialist, consultant, business helper extraordinaire. And we've talked about the core differences between what it means to be a professional organizer and a productivity consultant and why it was so important for NAPO to include this, this other, it's not even a niche really. It's, it's quite a large, um, uh, population that can even be niched down even further. But Jan, I know when you and I were connecting at conferences here, something you, you said stuck out to me, which is, you know, a lot of organizers don't understand if they could add this aspect to their business, or if they could learn, like you said, I know we're still figuring this out, how to add productivity, how to become a productivity consultant if you don't have that background. But that being said, how lucrative it can be. So why do you think it's more lucrative than say home organizing or office organizing or that tangible organizing? What, what about it um, helps the return on investment for, for our clients so they'll pay you more? Yeah. So it's really just the potential. So if, you know, if we help somebody in their home, um, save an, an, an hour a week or something, that's fabulous. And that's important. But when you help somebody that's say in a professional services firm that bills $400 an hour and you save them an hour a week, it translates to huge return for the company. And so they pay, they'll pay a higher price for it. And I'm guessing because of where you came from, maybe you didn't feel this, but already I feel, I would feel so responsible to, to figure out what's going on to solve their problem as to why they hired you. Knowing how much your clients make an hour or approximately, and then knowing they're yep. coming to you for help. Mm -hmm. Does that put on extra pressure because you know how much you could potentially be saving them? And um, is there ever that, I don't know, that feeling of what if you can't? No, I, <laughs> I have to say I'm never nervous. I, my husband laughs at me, but I love what I do. And I tell him all the time I would do it for free if I didn't have to help pay for the mortgage, yeah. right? No, I, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I hate waste. I hate seeing wasted time, wasted opportunity. And so I love getting in, again, those problem-solving skills. And there is always opportunity, always. I mean, I've worked with really productive people and helped them be more productive. And I'm sure my peers have as well. But, um, and we have, I mean, I can quote a couple different areas where we've had significant improvement with clients and 
the only time that, that I don't ever see change, quite honestly, is when the individual is not willing to be coached. And that's a pivotal thing. Uh, so my advice is not going to go anywhere if that individual isn't willing to try things and be open to change. Because what we do is behavioral change. We're trying to change their behavior, the way they manage their time, the way they follow processes. And if they aren't willing to do that, then nothing's going to happen. How can you help them? Um Something you just said also, I have the question for you. Is there a difference between a productivity consultant and a business coach? I don't know. That's a good question. I, and I've been tossing around different names. When I tell somebody I'm a productivity consultant, they often look at me like, what in the heck is that? Which I find so bizarre because if you read any business magazine right now, the word productivity is on every other page, literally. So I'm not sure what the disconnect is, but they can't translate what a productivity consultant does and how it can impact the business. Mm -hmm. And so I'm actually this week hiring a, um, a high level marketing communication expert to help me because my clients are all like, Jan, you do like such amazing things, but it's hard for us even to explain what you do to when we refer you. Yeah. And um, yeah, so um, I don't know if I answered your question, yeah. Sarah, but yeah. So I don't know. Sometimes, so, so I guess, so sometimes I will call myself a business consultant. Sometimes I call myself an executive coach, but in reality, I'm not a coach. I don't pull information from people in a traditional coaching model. Mm. I'm a, truly a consultant, but the term executive coach at least is understood in corporate America. Right. So they might start to understand what I do. Um, so yeah, we're struggling with it as well. Well, once you figure it out, Jan, that's gotta be another branch of your business that if you can figure it out and then share it with others who are in your same position, I'm sure it's going to be huge. So you'll have to keep everyone posted. Yeah. <laughs> <I will. laughs> um, so I would love to know what is it like a, a day in your life? What is it like to, are, are, are there just lots of um, Skype or Zoom meetings with clients? Are you digging into to their their Google Drives or their emails? What is it? What is it? What is your typical day like? Yeah. Oh, fun. So, um, well, I practice what I preach, and that is that my most focused time of the day is in the morning. So, in the morning is when I tend to have client appointments um, or be doing analysis on client projects. Mm -hmm. And then in the afternoon, I tend to do emails and work with my team and other things where I don't have to be quite as focused. So that's kind of how I separate my day. Mm -hmm. um, as far as projects, yeah, I'm working on a bunch of really fun things right now. So right now, there's a huge war on talent um, because of the job market. And so um, there's a, a heightened concern for many of my clients that they need to make sure when they hire somebody that they're happy and they're productive and they're going to stay around for a while because if they're not happy, they can take another job offer. So I'm actually auditing two onboarding processes for two different companies to suggest changes they can do. And some of the changes include setting up coaching and mentoring programs to make sure the person has everything they need, that they're being heard. Um, millennials these day and age um, are used to really constant feedback. Mm -hmm. That's a huge switch. For baby boomers who, you know, that's not how they were raised. And so you really have to change your onboarding program to make sure they're getting constant feedback or they might assume they're failing and again leave. Um, so that's one project. Another, I'm working with a city here in the Twin Cities, one of the suburbs, on um, everybody for the most part knows about paper retention policies so that companies should keep you know, contracts for seven years or whatever the rules are, but very few companies are really looking at email retention policies and processes. So I'm working with one of the cities here because 
really your email retention policy should match your paper where you're only saving things a certain amount of time and you're destroying it after a certain amount of time. And I'm shocked how few companies are actually even considering this and thinking about it. So again, this is a future topic for our productivity SIG. What are you seeing in the, you know, with your clients, what should we start to do to sell this new sort of revenue area for our services and things like that? So it's a variety of, of projects, which is wonderful. So would you then, for example, with, with the email retention, would you then not only give a business the structure of how to do it, but then would mm-hmm. your team also do it? Um, yes, we can give, sometimes we get brought in just to give the advice and sometimes we actually implement the change. So yeah, it's whatever it's, I look at it as wherever there's a gap in the skill set in the company. So often the companies we work with, they don't have project managers. They don't have people that have time to look into things. And so we get brought in to do that part. Again, the problem solving, the investigation, the recommendation, and then they still may not have resources to implement. And we often are involved in that part, but not, not always. Sometimes they just want our sort of our ideas and then they can implement. Absolutely. Something you said just now, and I said it earlier, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't have... a verbal answer. Are there niches within the productivity consulting world? And if so, what are they? Yeah, I think, I think there are. So um, there's definitely uh, sort of a demographic niche. Some people focus more on um, like a solopreneur, some focus on, you know, corporations. Um, There's also, I would say, um, a differentiator between are you a technical productivity consultant Mm -hmm or not. Some people don't want to get into the technical side. I come from an IT background, so I'm comfortable there. Um, there's also one thing I didn't realize is, I, again, through this, our SIG, is I assumed every productivity consultant was involved in process, but it's not the case. So some are more about personal productivity and that's it. So they work with an individual and that person's productivity. Some will work with teams and what's the communication process? What's the workflow? And not everybody does that. I just assumed all productivity consultants would do that, but I've realized it's not the case. So, um, and I'm starting to see where you'll have um, productivity consultants that maybe are experts in particular technical platforms. So maybe they're really good at Evernote or OneDrive and that's their niche. Um, yeah, so there's definitely room for separation (laughs) or distinction. Right, right. So some things you've said already have parked my interest as a small business owner and I'm not a corporation, but I assume that services that you offer could help other, whether they be professional organizers or maybe newer productivity consultants or just people like our listeners who are starting a business or maybe we've been in it for a while and it's just, it's kind of hard to see your own issues when you're in the thick of it. So Mm -hmm. if a listener is interested in what you do, what would that onboarding process be like for them if they had to call you say, Hey Jan, I run a a home organizing company out of New York and I've just, I feel like Mm -hmm. our processes aren't what they could be. Can you help me? Can I afford you? And if not, where should Mm -hmm. I go? You know, I would actually recommend that they would work with a productivity consultant that focuses on solopreneurs, which isn't necessarily our ideal client. And I'd be happy to share names of people if they contacted me. Um, again, in the productivity SIG, that's where we all hang out. And so we could just post, is anybody interested in taking on this client? Um, but I, I know we in the productivity SIG would love to help other businesses within NAPO um, thrive. So that would be great. Wow. So, so again, another benefit of being in a SIG is I'm sure you get business from your fellows. Oh, definitely. Yeah. 
people will post stuff. And, and again, as we learn more about each other, and that's one of the great things I find with volunteering with NAPO is, you know, the more active you are, the more people understand your skill set. Right. And so I now have people that will, you know, send me a private message and say, hey, there's a, a process improvement job in North Carolina. Are you interested? Because they know I do process and not everybody does. And so it's, um, yeah, I get payback a lot for the volunteer hours I do from yeah getting a lot of business sent my way. Wow. I learned so much about what it means to walk in your shoes. Is there anything yeah. that we didn't touch on that you think might be an important thing that you'd like to educate our listeners on about what it means to be a productivity consultant? Well, I think part of it is making sure you realize the the significant increase in revenue you can get by going into the side of the business. Mm -hmm. And we can't talk numbers, nor should we, but I will just say that our, at least in our little business, you know, we charge three times the rate for a productivity consultant than we do for a residential organizer. So again, the potential is huge. Um, And again, we work, you know, with small to medium-sized businesses, corporations. So that would be the big thing. Um, I also think it's interesting that there's probably a lot of people out there that are productivity consultants, but don't recognize themselves as a productivity consultant. And we've got a task force underway right now with NAPO to look at who are these people that don't know about us. And so these could be, again, change management people. These could be um, counselors, coaches, um, project managers, lots of different things. So again, it's a, it's a struggle with who is a productivity consultant. It's kind of a mystery right now. Right. And it's something you mentioned earlier too with... Um uh, you said on the onboarding of some co- corporations. So I assume even if you have some HR skills, there might be something in there to work with. Yeah, I think if um, it would be HR people that have played a role on the business side, probably not just traditional HR would be my guess. Yeah. Uh, but again, I'm trying to figure that out. So, but yes, that, I mean, again, it's about behavioral change. It's, um, you know, I'll hear my clients all the time say, one of the great things about working with me, very, very complimentary, is that I, I sort of meet them where they're at. Mm-hmm. So it's not coming in. And that's the same with what we do at every level of organizing, whether it be home organizing or not. A true professional doesn't come in and say, this is exactly how you do it. We come in and try to understand what's the capacity of this person? What are their quirks? And we have to provide suggestions then that we think are going to be realistic in the long term, again, at the home and on the business side. So it's it's that sort of um, understanding people that really sets us apart to be able to coach and develop other people versus just organizing our own home or organizing our own business. Right, right. Um, Jan, you've been so informative. And I think, so if there are listeners out there who what you just said are like, oh, I think, I think that's me actually. I think I'm more in line with what Jan is offering and doing. Where can our listeners connect with you to maybe either ask you questions or explore? Maybe they have no idea there was a SIG for them within NAPO. Um, how can they connect with you? What's the best way? That'd be great. Yeah. I think the best thing is just to fill out our contact page for our website, which is CTC, which stands for Circle the Customer, ctcproductivity.com. And I would, yes, I'd be happy to answer questions and redirect them. And and we would love more people in our productivity SIG and all the other SIGs as well. If uh, you could leave us with two sticky notes that people can implement into their business today, whether they're home organizers or productivity consultants, what would those two sticky notes say? I would say one, which is a conversation I'm having tomorrow with uh, the multi-person SIG, which is really understanding with the resources that you have on your team now, what are they innately skilled to do and what are they passionate about? Mm. 
um, because that's where people are going to thrive in a particular role. And maybe they're not, you know, I like I have an employee that's not necessarily naturally a productive person, but she's so passionate about it and she believes in it and she sees the opportunity. So she's been a phenomenal business development person for us on the productivity side because she can explain the benefits and all that. So I think a next step is what we do with all of our clients is look at your internal resources and where is their untapped talent that you should be leveraging to grow your business. And that will lead you to maybe some other opportunities. So that would be the one piece of advice. Okay. Is there one more you have for us? Uh, I would definitely say look into NAPO. It's been, a, uh, it's huge. I felt lost before, like, what am I doing and what is this? And uh, I just, I, I know we're not supposed to plug NAPO, but I think it's been a fabulous organization and um, you can learn so much and just, yeah, it's a community for people like us, which is great. You can, there's a lot of passion behind your voice there. So it's a very uh, authentic yeah. plug. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, listeners, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you learned a lot. And maybe some of the, some of you out there are like, that's me. I, I'm more on the productivity side. Well, you should be happy to know that people like Jan have made it so that NAPO now encompasses the productivity side of, of organizing and process, and there's a place for you. So uh, reach out to Jan, reach out to NAPO, and, and, and let's get that business of yours up and running. If you're not on the productivity side, that's okay too. Professional organizing is also a really great skill and service that we can provide to clients. So I hope you left this um, in a, uh, this interview inspired to make a change for your business, to uh, reassess your business. I just want to thank you for being here with me and learning with me. If you like this podcast and you're able to walk away with any inspiration or something valuable, leave us a review and hit that subscribe button. We want to know what you think about this podcast. And then we want you to share it. Share it with your coworkers, with your colleagues, someone who is maybe considering this industry. Uh, We want to reach as many productivity and organizing professionals as we can. Um, I look forward to hanging out with you next time. So I'll talk to you then. That's all for this episode of Stand Out, brought to you by the National Association of Productivity and Organizing Professionals. Be sure to visit napo.net to learn more about our educational offerings, our local chapters, and both certification and certificate opportunities. Don't miss an episode as we help you build the business you've always dreamed of owning.